1: Hello, everybody. It's Lenny Murphy with another edition of the Green Book Podcast. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend it with us. And today's a particularly interesting one because I'm joined by my co-host, Karen Lynch. Hello, Karen.
2: Hey, Lenny. It's so fun to do this with you today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is. We are going to have fun. So the topic today... And this is actually, this is really different in a lot of ways. One, we're on a new platform, which should be absolutely invisible to you, our listeners, for the recording. But we're also recording this on Thursday, and it's going to be posted on Monday. So, this is a very topical one. And and here's why. Karen and I wanted to think we're we're kind of at the end of the spring event season, and we wanted to debrief on the events. Now, I'm a, a distant observer. Karen is in the trenches. She's out there. she just got back from Amsterdam. She was at QRCA, et cetera, et cetera. Because fundamentally, events are a fantastic way for us to assess trends and topics and energy in the industry, right? That's one of the reasons why we do IIX, for instance. It is an input into our view on the market. And we take that input and we translate in a lot of different ways. And I'm sure that's why many of you attend events as well. So we wanted to just chat about what Karen has seen and heard, what I've seen from a distance, and then play a little bit with what comes next. So Karen.
2: (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah, it is really fun to be out there. For lack of a better word, fun is, is summarizing the excitement of being in the mix with other you know, growth minded professionals who are out there seeking to learn and stay on top of what's coming next, which I think is what connects everybody who goes to these IAX events. That's what we're all there for, right? We're all there to not only learn from one another in this, you know, mission of co creating the future of insights, but also leaning into how we are collectively growing our industry knowledge. So that's why IAX is so exciting. Certainly for me here now that I'm here, but also prior to even coming to Greenbook, I always loved it. I will correct you. I did not get to q r c a because I was flying to Amsterdam. My husband and I went early, so we oh. we built a vacation in so so, yeah, this year I didn't get to do that, which oh, is I'm a little sorry. bit of a bummer. But we did have great qual content at europe too and and lots of my colleagues from the q r c a were on site there, so we had we had room for those conversations as well
1: well, so then same question though what's your take what's 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 the theme? What's the storyline that's uh, been emerging through so far this year,
2: well, I think you know you'd have to be living under a rock to not realize that generative AI is the hot topic. It's talked about certainly we dug into it at our event, and we'll be digging into it in our next event, but it was also the conversation over coffee, over drinks at dinner. I spoke with a researcher prior to the event at a pre event dinner where she was saying. Will this be coming for my job? And, and everybody's a little bit uncomfortable by this disruption, but here we are. So we're leaning in and we're talking about it. We had some great talks, which I can expand upon, but I think that's the biggest topic of, of certainly of the spring.
1: So I would agree <laughs> from what I can observe as well and everything else that I hear of my, my uh, uh, ear to the ground. And for our listeners, not, not to be promotional, but this is a big deal. And we we have other we have a generative AI webinar coming up. It's certainly going to be a huge topic at IAX North America. Let me let me hear my perspective on it, Karen, and tell me whether you think this is uh, what other people are thinking. If I look over the past twenty plus years of evolution in this industry, uh, we've had two great periods of disruption. One was the introduction of the internet to begin with. It changed fundamentally uh, the dynamics and the process of the research industry in a fundamental way. Next was the evolution that occurred with mobile and social media. Again disruptive because it expanded our access to information in so many ways and technology became easier and easier. And we've been a steady progression from those points. The generative AI is, I think it is as disruptive as the introduction of the internet. I didn't think that four months ago. Now I do. I've never seen anything, any piece of technology enter scale and integration as fast as this with implications that we cannot even comprehend yet. Good and bad. So, I want to be, be clear. My position is I think that I simultaneously go from Oh, that's so cool, to, <laughs> holy crap, no, it's not, that's scary, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, it is it it is fundamentally, from a potential standpoint, it, it is a game changer, as much as we hear that term, right? Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it is, because it changes the process. It changes so many things from a process standpoint. It is, you know, back in the, the 80s, when they introduced robots to auto manufacturing, this is the equivalent of that. Right. it It changes things, it changes business models it 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 creates new solutions, it creates new problems. So we are one industry like all industries that needs to get a handle on this to think through the implications overall. Do you agree and is that kind of what's driving things?
2: Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, one of the things that we did at the event in Europe was we wrapped it up where I I facilitated actually a chat with Ray Pointer and Nikki Lavoie on the evolution of insights and kind of looking in the rearview mirror to get some perspective on what's to come in the future. And we actually discussed mobile specifically. And, you know, when when mobile came out and everybody was like, oh, no, we need to do mobile research. And it was this panic, like mobile research was a thing instead of necessarily recognizing when it first happened that mobile was a way of life and mobile research wasn't the issue. The issue was we've now changed global behavior. And so we need to adapt and just, that's what we need to look at. It's not a method, it's it's just our new reality. So that came up in conversation there. And I think this generative AI, we just need to all accept it's here, its existence is something we need to just say, okay, we now live in a world where we have artificial intelligence on the daily, helping us do our jobs, helping us hone our skills, helping us create the future of what we even can talk about with one another. There are so many applications of it. And I think that's what you know we really need to be discussing and unpacking at our events, right? So in, in Europe, we talked quite a bit about, for instance, the metaverse and augmented reality and virtual reality as one component of it. And that really was something almost different. It's like, yeah, that's something really tangible. But the AI conversations had this kind of energy around it that was full of provocation and a little uncertainty and, um, you know, kind of what don't we know about it right now that we need to start to figure out? And I think that's where you know I'm excited that we have another event coming because that's where we can unpack some of the learning that took place in Europe. We can start to say, okay, let's let's lean into this together and and take the conversations to the next level.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I, I love that. Let's play off that for a second. I remember Ray and I particularly arguing about mobile back in the day, <laughs> uh, and 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 social media as well. And I, I agree, it's it wasn't a Methodology, it was simply a mode change. And it's interesting about AR, VR. I think we all remember, uh, gosh, what, six, seven years ago, every event you went to, you know, uh, we did it IX, right? We had the VR room and we were thinking that was the next big thing. The problem was scale, right? In my mind, those, I still think those technologies are really interesting and, and exciting in some ways, scary in others, but they haven't scaled.
2: Yeah. Well, there were two. Two really interesting talks in Europe that I'd love to, to share with you, because I know you would have loved them. One of them was um Alexandra Kazima. She's with Nova, the innovation arm of MMR, and she shared study results, specific study results of surveys with kind of a with artificial intelligence, help like an augmented reality, you know, not human human. Asking questions in a survey. And it showed the correlation between where it became something that was helpful to survey participation and where it became, uh oh, too negative, too creepy, like a little too human, a little too much. I don't want to think too much about it. And it was a really interesting study. So again, exploring what that's going to be like for us, not quite at scale because our partners are still trying to figure out where that tipping point is between it's it's useful and it's too much people are freaked out. So that was one that was really cool. And then we had another one, uh, the team from Hello Aura was showing us their actual use cases for research in the metaverse, for example, for lack of a better word. But they created these environments, these focus group facilities, which were really like Not facilities at all. They were really focus group environments where you could have a conversation, and they showed how the research differed based on the environments that they built. So people coming in with avatars, which is really liberating and really freeing because they can be in this other persona that feels really safe and yet, based on what type of environment was created virtually, their responses were different. So I think the reason we're not at scale, going back to your point, is because there's so many new things to consider, and we just haven't done enough research for it to to have a clear direction for how to, how to leverage those things on a scalable level. Does that make sense?
1: It does. But I think the difference bet- between that and and the generative AI is it already scaled it's three months
2: yeah yeah
1: right there was there was no creating use cases or new methodologies or anything of that nature it just there it was almost like an update to your phone right there was no thinking about it it's just all of a sudden this technology was everywhere and easily integrated and easily deployed and it may not i still think in terms of of process when i think of this that particular technology in the applications for the industry It just fundamentally changes so many ways we do things, tasks, you know, which is a part of our daily lives, right? It it streamlines tasks uh, and that has implications for for economic models. It has implications for pricing that has, I mean, and that's the easy stuff, right? I I mean, that's where it went first was all the easy stuff that it could transform and change. Then we have this much broader thing of, okay, well, where does it go from here uh, to your point of digital avatars, et cetera, et cetera, that have more profound implications that that we we are going to continue to talk about.
2: Well, and I think one thing that's really cool is you and I both track product launches, right, whether it's on Product Hunt or another way. But the explosion of new products using this technology, the OpenAI technology. And I think what's amazing is it's almost like the floodgates opened on developers who've been training for this. They they like, they have the skill set, they've been training for this. OpenAI hit and they were like on it. And the developers have created some genius applications. And even if people like you and I are tracking what's there, what's bubbling up to the surface is it's going to take some time for the, for the ones that have staying power to stay, but it's extraordinary to watch the creativity in execution of this technology.
1: Yeah. For good or ill. Right. I mean, you know, they've seen some stuff that's, that's come out that, you know, it's like, wow, that, that that could be evil. (laughs) And I mean that in, in the spiritual sense, I mean, i am like, man, you're doing some bad stuff. With this, right? Yeah, and-,
2: and and I think we're 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 also on a learning curve there. I, I mean, uh, uh, one of our colleagues uh, at Greenbook, Ashley, is looking into some bans on ChatGPT in Italy right now till they get a grasp of ethical implications. Like they actually are like, hold on, let's settle down. And other European countries are following suit, perhaps to. To make sure everybody takes a pause and we don't get ahead of ourselves ethically, so I think that's what we're also going to come up against. Certainly in our country where privacy issues are a big deal, now what are what are people putting into the you know into the world via these platforms that really should be controlled a little bit more? Are we are we giving away a lot of information that legally and ethically should be under wraps? Still, I don't know the answers.
1: Yeah. And even more pragmatically, because, I mean, folks, I'm sure you all know this, that the innovation in most technology is driven through pornography and fraud. They are always the, the categories that adopt technology quick and take away the ethical components of, of doing that. It's just what happens. Uh, and in this particular case, I mean, we saw right out of the gate in, in December of this explosion of bots, participating in research, you know, of, of these same models. So it, it really does, as much as there's this interesting component of where does this go broader and, you know, what's where's the, in the role, in, in the era of the singularity, where does the human and the machine, how do we work together and what does that look like? But right now, today, it is a problem within the research space within, because of the way you provision sample that it is impacting quality. So, you know, we have this issue that is manifested immediately right now of, of bots that are impacting quality. We see it. We see it in the data. We see it in sample. We see it in business performance across the industry. Uh, it's simply there. And let's recognize that. And we need to get a handle on it. So did you hear anything about quality in general and the, the trifecta of cheaper, faster, better? No, oh, you can only pick two. Well, no, no. Yeah. You know they're demanding all three. Did that pop up? In, yeah. In well, conversations.
2: Sure. That it's it's funny. There's there's a couple of things that are on my mind right now. But if we hover on the trifecta for a bit, and that is that is something that we we heard at the Europe event. Not only in one of the things I shared out, which was indications in our Grit data that of that trifecta, quality is really at the top of the pyramid right now. All right. So so clients and and by clients we mean sort of end brands uh, that are hiring suppliers. They're really looking for quality as the most important of the three at the moment, more important than relationship, more important than uh, I would say speed. Not that speed's not important, but we have some great agile methods in place right now, and everybody really got on the bandwagon to do things a little bit faster. So that's almost becoming expected. And then I would say from a cost standpoint, really, it's delivering value. It's getting good quality for your money. It's getting good Output for your money, so so I think that that's where cost settles right now. So yeah, not only did we talk about it in our kind of grit presentation of data, but other organizations were talking about it as well. I think that the trifecta is alive and well, but there is definitely a a star of it at the moment.
1: Uh, yeah, and now shameless plug, uh, listeners. <laughs> so you're you should be hearing this on uh, Monday after Easter. The newest grit report will be out. Um, so the uh, attendees at IX. Yeah, you got a sneak peek of that, but you'll get access to that report right now. So <laughs> go read it because there is an awful lot of really great stuff in that. And it dovetails with these broader trends, right? That I mean, that's why we do it. The Green Book Research Industry Trends Report. So we can understand what the implications are going forward. And, and to that point, I think it's interesting to combine those two topics of you know, quality, speed, and cost they're kind of built into this, I, well, the quality question with how the role that plays in generative AI will be interesting. Obviously, speed and cost are kind of no brainers, right? That that's, that's what they're going to impact. So it'll be another dimension on this that will affect affect so many different levels of the industry from sample to data processing to reports and analysis. It, It just will change things.
2: Yeah, and I I am excited for the data quality track at North America in particular. I'm curious as to because we do have that, we have several people who want to talk about data quality issues and how they're addressing those issues and you know how we can how we can really turn it around as an industry. Anyway, that's that's been a buzz this past year for sure. But one of the things that I'd love to know from those speakers, and this is their call to action, is how is AI now factoring into some of the conversations they're having? The hands on who's dealing the, the, the companies that are dealing with data privacy in particular, I mean data quality in particular, how are they how are they tackling it? So I wonder if that's going to show up in any of our talks. And I hope it does. I hope they they take this and they they run with it.
1: Hi. Right, so uh, I want to be conscious of your time and time of our listeners as well. What else? Yeah, you know, you're a qualitative researcher. So uh, you know you're you're so wonderful at picking up the minutiae and the nuance <laughs> and you know the the early indicators. So What else jumped out at you? They're like, that's something to pay attention to. Just watch.
2: Yeah, a couple things. I'll I'll share kind of two more things. One of them, we can talk about at great length also kind of these these innovation processes. We had both Novartis and Nestle sharing their methods and their pipelines, you know, taking something from – Lab to shop. I think that's in Nestle's innovation pipeline. In six months, you know, this this great method and process in place for taking that seedling of of an idea into innovation. And I remember years ago when I was doing a lot of qualitative, in particular, on taking insights to innovation. And people would say, "But how? How do we do that?" And that was like the burning question: Is how do we take some of this consumer input? And I'm like, it starts at the very, very front end of innovation when you get some some inkling that there's something to this, and then you run with it. And that's what's happening in some of these innovation labs at the brand side. So that's really exciting to talk about, just that whole process. I'd say that's a big one. Another thing which I think we can't overlook, and and this was a theme there, there meaning at Europe, and it is a theme that will probably come up in North America also, is inclusivity in general. And what I mean by that is inclusivity from how brands treat the people in their – loyal base, right? Some people who are disabled, for instance, uh, people who are plus size, people who are of different races and ethnicities, people who identify in the LGBTQ community, the idea that individuals are being recognized as human beings that are not one size fits all, and therefore brands need to market differently. They need to advertise differently. They just have to broaden their understanding of the traditional segmentations of who their users and buyers might be and address all of humanity. And that came up in a talk with the Absolute company that I had on stage with Sophia Hurrier, who, you know, was such a great talk. It came up in, I think, some of the other talks across the board that covered this idea and this need just to have a broader perspective on humanity. And I see that happening again at North America too, where it's 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 more than just DEI. It's it's more about just inclusivity in general and our our view of who the human beings are that we're talking to. So there's another big theme there.
1: Yeah, no, great point. I, my Pritchard of P and G stated long ago their goal was to have a one to one relationship in real time with every person on the planet, which means individual. So that's uh so all for that and what a complicated thing that is you know oh well, big data programmatic allows us to do that well on the air of data privacy right i mean so there's lots of of challenges in thinking through that and that is the research plays a role in trying to figure that out so i'm, I'm glad you brought up those points so uh, listeners we talk about all types of cool stuff on on the podcast and uh you get to listen but uh, now, one more shameless plug, I'm going to encourage you, come to Austin and come to IIX. I'll be there. Karen will be there. But more importantly, so will literally a thousand researchers talking about these things. And it's not just listening on stage. you know, we've set that event up to create space for people to, to network and talk and discuss. And I think with all the things that we just talked about here, that becomes really critical. There's some big stuff happening. Utterly transformative things in our industry, things that will have repercussions that will go for for years and years as we try and find equilibrium in this. And this is where we come together and we talk about those things and we establish relationships to figure out where we go from here. We are not flotsam afloat on the the oceans of technological disruption. We can harness these things and we've done it in the past and, and that's exciting and we'll do it again. But we need to come together and talk about it. So please, I encourage you. I suspect that if you look real hard, you'll see a discount code somewhere. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, not even look very hard.
2: I think was one of the things you just said that I want to touch on before you wrap. Also, is is you know at these events we've created space for these conversations to happen. You know one of the one of the moments at IAX Europe was. Yeah, we had this brain date lounge, which is where people could curate individual conversations or small group conversations. And the one on generative AI was so compelling, more and more people wanted to join it. The group became like a dozen people wanted to have this conversation. So it's a little loud, a little boisterous. And, you know, then we had to. To iterate on, okay, how might we make room for larger conversations in North America when they come up? Because undoubtedly, they will come up again. But that was just people wanting to talk about it, and we gave them the space for that. So we'll do that again at North America. And we're also having these think tanks at North America, which are really just think about a a large mastermind group where – Uh, you know, a hundred people can come together under a tent. We're calling it the Think Tank tent. hundred people can come together and have a facilitated conversation on these hot topics. I'm bringing in professional facilitators from another organization that's near and dear to my heart, the Creative Education Foundation. So we're going to have a graphic facilitator capturing and writing the live conversation that's happening on these topics, one of which, of course, will be generative AI. And anybody who really wants to just stay in that that conversation about the future of generative AI and what it means for the future of insights—that's the place to have this conversation. It's it's allowing the time and space for the topics that you need to know about. So there's my plug on top of your plug. that's no, it's
1: good. <laughs> you know, we, we called it Insight Innovation Exchange for a reason, and I think now step out from the plug for our listeners. Exchanging ideas and and thinking around these topics are vital. And we, yeah, you know, it's what we do for a living as researchers. So we do this all day long. We we, you know, ideate and iterate in communities and groups, et cetera, et cetera. And during periods of transformation and uncertain transformation, let's be clear, you know, that's certainly an element here. We need to just continue to talk. So whether it's in Austin or not, I really encourage you to can do that. We're going to do our best at the podcast without becoming boring to continue to circle around these topics and, and certain and to do that, a green book will create more channels and more content around this to help keep prompting the conversations on where the future heads, because it's, it's our future, you know? So Karen, thank you. Um, we should do this more often. We should. <laughs> we've should. we played with some ideas, yes, uh, to, yes. to do that. So listeners actually, actually, you know what listeners let us know, because Karen and I played with the idea of doing this a little more regularly in a shorter <laughs> version. If you liked this, please let us know. Because we may do something that's a little more focused than this as we go forward. Uh, or say, oh, my God, I want to listen to you two again. You stink. Uh, that's okay, too. Um, we need to know. So anything else you want to lay out there, Karen, before we wrap?
2: No, I just think that, you know, for me, it's 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 been really fun to post an event like IAEX Europe, go online and and just, you know, go to the go to, you know, the hashtag IAEX Europe and just read people's reactions to what transpired there. And and that's part of how I process and reflect on the event as it happened, I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. So, I mean, I think that if you weren't at that event and you want more to learn about what you missed, like, go just go to LinkedIn and go to IAX Europe and just read post after post about what people were walking away with. And one of the topics that resonated with me was somebody saying they really like, you know, when, when somebody says something that's a little bit, you know, a little bit provocative or a little bit outrageous, because that is what stimulates their thinking. And it just reminds me of, again, what what unites people that go to IIEX events specifically is that growth mindset, that desire to learn, and that desire to, you know, kind of pursue what they don't know and, and lean into the unknown. So, I, I just am so grateful for the community of people that come to these events because they're my people, they're your people. It's really cool to be connected to them.
1: Yes, well, in the entire Green community. Right, I mean, people are listeners to the podcast and readers yeah. of the blog and readers yeah. of it, and you know, it's all one big community of multiple channels of how people uh, participate. But uh, I'm right there with you. It makes it sometimes I pinch myself and think, man, how did I, how did I get this job? <laughs> right, where I get to just come to work and talk to cool people all day long and think about cool stuff and then scale it i mean there's more to it than that but as we all know but it's fundamentally it's still kind of the way i look at it so we are blessed uh we are. so we, we are recording this right before easter passover um so yes yeah, so we can say we, we are blessed uh, in spirit of the season all right Thank you so much, Karen. I'm sure you'll be hosting again uh, another Probably. podcast real soon. Yep. <laughs> the usual shout outs to Natalie, our producer, and to James, our editor, and to our listeners. Thank you. Because without you, it would just be Karen and I talking, which would be fun. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, a, it's a little more fun when we're actually doing it to try and help and convey an information to other people. So that's it for today. Uh, We will see you at the next edition of the Green Book Podcast. Be well. Take care. Bye bye.
0: Join Green Book for the 2024 Insight Innovation Exchange. This global conference series, also known as IIEX, is where connections are made, inspiration is found, and innovative solutions are discovered. With more than 90% of attendees using IIEX insights to shape strategic business decisions, the return on investment is undeniable. Whether you're in Asia Pacific, North America, Europe, or Latin America, IIEX is your gateway to the latest market research best practices, tech innovation, and strategies for transporting insights into action. Nurture your career and business with insights from across the globe. And here's a bonus. Use the special code PODCAST to save 20% on general admission for all IIEX events. Visit greenbook.org slash events today to learn more and register. See you there.